The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also uh, SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. Uh, the one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock Eastern today at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. So don't miss that at 3 o'clock today. On the right side is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can uh, join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. And um, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And uh, we'd appreciate that very much. Also, before it's news.com, top of the page, over there, uh, Michael Roach and his team have given us a spot. And so we're very appreciative of that for the morning show and the afternoon show. So thank you very much to those guys for that. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live, where you can sign up for our email newsletter. goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. And uh, you'll get that in your inbox, all the articles we have for the day, including the morning show archive. So if you're interested in that, please sign up today and you should get it sometime uh, this evening. All right. Uh, our story is available, so be sure and check that out. Uh, you know, we've been highlighting Bradley's uh, Soldier of the Cross book. We have that um, bundle starting at $34. You get the book, you get a shirt of your size and the um, Sons of Liberty dog tag, black or silver, your choice. And again, it'll it starts at thirty four to go up a little bit if you've got a bigger if you've got a larger shirt that you get. Okay, and those things are available individually too in the store as well. So be sure and check those things out. All right, it has been <clears throat> a busy couple of weeks, and not just because of Thanksgiving. Um, as many of you know, uh, we welcomed uh, Micah Shelby to the world last week. Uh, he's been around for several months, right? Um, so it's not like he came into existence last week, but, uh, he's been around for several months walking around here in our family in his 
on my tummy, or his mom's walking around with him in his tummy. And now he's out. Uh, we give thanks to God for that. That's been something. Uh, my wife has been spending quite a bit of time with uh, my daughter and helping her out and taking care of babies, and she loves doing that. Oh, my goodness. And after your children have grown, it's like somebody, <laughs> you have somebody that has a baby, and they come in, and they're like this big. And um, it, it's amazing to me. I'm sitting there watching my daughter hold my grandson, and I'm thinking, you were that little once. You're not that little now. And uh, it just kind of causes you, one, to thank God first, but then to reflect on how quickly your life is passing. And, uh, you know, they say on average uh, people think about death four times a day. And the Bible talks about there's wisdom in that, Um, you know, pondering those things. Why? Because eventually we have to give an account for our life. And so there's wisdom in stopping and saying, "Mm, am I doing what I should be doing that I want to give an account for this or not? And boy, the the faster, I mean, it's like you can't hardly keep up with everything that's going on. And I think in large measure, this is what the Mockingbird media, this is what our society drives us toward. It drives us toward putting us in the fast lane instead of living our lives for the glory of God, uh, we're just thrown in the fast lane, and we don't usually have time to think about anything. Uh, we're 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 pushed with this news story and that news story and this news feed and that news feed and whatever else is going on around us that we don't take time to ponder what's going on and to think about you know our lives and reflect on the things that we're doing and maybe correct some things that we should correct, right? Repent of some things we should repent of. So that's been some things that's been going on in the Brown House. And uh, it's been uh, it's been something. It really has. And uh, so this morning, <clears throat> you know, we're going to hit a couple of different topics. Um, yeah, I know this isn't much like me uh, because I don't. I mean, I you know, for me, it is. Um, it's. I like to stick on one topic if I can do that. Um, nevertheless, there are several topics. And I found this one to be rather interesting. Now, some of you may have seen the report that Greg Reese put out on this issue, but several years ago, there was an airplane on the other side of the world, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. And you remember, this took center stage of the news for I don't know how long and continued to be updated, you know, every so often. But this plane just disappeared. They don't know where it went. They went looking for it everywhere. They couldn't get a beacon on it. Um, <clears throat> they couldn't find the thing. They thought they'd found pieces of it. All this kind of stuff. And then, <clears throat> and you know, we, we thought maybe the pilot was involved in jihad or something like that. That does happen in that part of the world. And so a lot of people thought that was happening. And then the other, I think it was last week, I found it, I uploaded it. Um... Greg Reese had a little report as an update on this, um, on this flight. And he's got video that's allegedly captured from satellites and such. And I got to tell you, I I just, there's a part of me that wonders if somebody's manufactured something, understanding that what they're trying to push on us is a Project Bluebeam kind of alien invasion thing that they're setting up. That's why they're dropping all this UFO stuff. Okay. I think that's why they're dropping it. 
And I think this is probably the same kind of issue. Nevertheless, I feel it's worthy that at least, at least you know what's going on. So if you're listening by way of radio, you're not going to see the visual, and you need to see the visual. If you, haven't, if you have not seen the visual, it kind of blows your mind. Okay? But I'm going to play this little report here. It just runs a few minutes. And this is where we're going to kick off the show. So if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to catch this, sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page there, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, or rumble at, the, at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And uh, I'm going to start this up, and Greg's going to walk, walk us through what went on, and then he's going to show us some of this alleged satellite imagery on the flight. Okay, here it comes. Whoops, wait, hang on. It's not coming yet. <laughs> Let me back that up. I just muted things because I was trying to get it to where it needed to be. Airlines Flight 370 disappeared on March 8th, 2014. On May 19th, about nine weeks later, a leaked video was published to YouTube by a third party who claimed to have received it on March 12th. The video shows what appears to be a jet airliner on fire, being trailed by three spiraling orbs. Eventually, the three orbs change to a vertical pattern and disappear in a flash with the airliner, leaving a dead-end trail of smoke in the sky. A month later, on June 12th, a second video was published to the same channel that showed the exact same event taken from a different viewpoint. These videos have been deleted from YouTube but can still be found on archive.org. Ashton Forbes and his team have been researching these videos extensively and have provided exhaustive evidence that these videos are legitimate, including digital forensics verified by CGI professionals, eyewitnesses, and government data. Forbes and his team have successfully addressed all debunker claims and have listed them for all to see on x.com at just x Ashton. So far, nobody has been able to debunk this research. Their research shows that the first leaked video was taken from a pair of American signals intelligence satellites known as USA-229, twin satellites capable of creating 3D stereoscopic images by capturing two slightly different views. The twin USA-229 satellites are logged at the exact location, time, and apparent angle required to have captured this video. This event occurred at around 2.30 in the morning. It was completely dark. The wavelengths captured by these cameras are for detail, and the stereoscopic effect allows for added depth perception. The source of the second video has been identified as an MQ-1C Gray Eagle unmanned combat drone with infrared and thermal technology. Okay, I, I'm just pausing here, just spitballing here. What is this drone doing here? What is this United States Air Force drone doing in this area? Was there some kind of war going on that we don't know about? <clears throat> I think that's a good question to ask. And, and Greg just kind of passes over it. Well, this is here. Well, what's it doing in that area? As far as I know, we're not at war in that part of the world. Of course, we might be all the military bases we got, but just something for you to think about in the midst of all of what's going on here. This video focuses on the heat signature, and the man responsible for leaking these videos seems to be Lieutenant Commander Edward Lynn. He was accused of being a spy, but court transcripts prove that this was just spin. The details of his crimes 
including the time they happened, are redacted, but it came out in the trial that the classified information in question was published on the internet, and Lieutenant Commander Edward Lynn had full security clearance to the same technology used to capture these videos. Using Inmarsat satellite ping data and military radar to track its path, and eyewitness testimony to verify it, Forbes put together the final flight path of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. On March 7th at 1642 UTC, Flight 370 takes off from Kuala Lumpur International Airport. At 1721, the plane abruptly turns back towards the nearest airport in Penang. A witness on an oil rig reported that the plane was on fire. Several witnesses along the East Coast reported hearing a loud bang and seeing a glow coming from the plane as it passed overhead. At 1752, the co-pilot's mobile phone pings the local tower. At 1840, an eyewitness on a boat reported that the plane was glowing orange and appeared on fire. The Inmarsat ping data shows the same sharp left turn that we see in the videos and then abruptly goes to zero as the plane disappears. The CCP released Chinese satellite images that appear to be three orbs. They first claimed it was debris and later said that releasing the image was a mistake. According to Chinese media, 19 families have signed a statement claiming they made calls that connected to missing passengers after the disappearance, but without an answer. Some people are saying this was alien UFOs saving a plane from crashing. But this doesn't explain the fact that three different advanced U.S. military surveillance cameras captured this one event. 23 of the passengers on board were related to free-scale semiconductors, a field leading the development of superconductor technology, which is what this appears to be, some type of superconductor targeting system for teleportation, which is reminiscent of what the Nazis were doing with their highly classified Die Glock project. Luminous objects like this were first reported in May of 1940 as Germany invaded Belgium. And by 1942, several people began reporting them, starting in the skies over Germany. American pilots during World War II called them Foo Fighters. And let's not forget Gary McKinnon, who in 2002 was accused of perpetrating the biggest military computer hack of all time, and who claimed to have seen evidence of an advanced off-world military fleet. Greg Reese reporting. Okay, all right. So so you get the idea here, and you see what's going on. And there's some good questions in here. Somebody says, you know, who was on the plane that needed to be disappeared? What was the thing that was going on? Forgive me, I'm having a moment here. Um, was this happening? Was it happening in Ukraine that there was this, there was a war thing going on then? And it was in Ukraine, or was that somewhere else? I can't remember. <clears throat> At the time, because there was another plane shortly after this, that was shot down too. And um, so, you know, I don't know if they're targeting it. The, the question that I have when you've got these satellites on it and you've got a drone on it and they're filming it, it's almost as if, I mean, you can only focus on one thing, right? I mean, these are, these are focused on this plane. Stop and think about that for a second. They're not just like, you know, these lenses covering an entire continent. They're focused on, on, a, on a single plane here. They're capturing that. Which tells me that whoever owns those satellites 
and the U.S. government owning this drone specifically were looking at that plane. Ugh. They're looking at that plane. My immediate response would be, what did you guys have to do with it, with the disappearance here? Because you're the ones looking at it. You know, you're not, you're not looking down at the ground at whatever's going on there. You're looking at that plane. Now, I've read some stories. I think there were three people who were inventors or something. I forget what it was. And like I say, it's been, it's been many years. I didn't pull up all that information. And uh, somebody had asked the, uh, and I'm using somebody. Uh, <laughs> that's their name in the chat. They had made mention of who was on the plane that needed to be disappeared. And I think there was like three inventors or something like that. I forget their names. Uh, but some people had made mention of them being on there. And that's why the plane was targeted. Maybe. I don't know. But I know it's a very strange-looking thing here to have these little circles, these little dots going around this plane, and then all of a sudden there's this flash of light and, and they're all gone. Really strange. Really strange. That's not all, though. Um, you guys realize what they're doing with, with uh, at the federal level what they're doing with all of this stuff with Joe Biden and how they're starting to give more time and attention to Gavin Newsom. And the theory is, is that Joe Biden, they're going to kill him off or he's just not going to run or whatever, he's going to drop out or whatever the case may be. And they're going to slip, slick Newsom in here. Well, I, you know, I told you about character. Character does matter. And Gavin Newsom has none. None. I'm going to show you some of that in just a minute. But knowing his mindset and everything, okay? Now, I'm, look, I'm just going to pull from a search I did, just an internet search here, to find out about Gavin Newsom and Kimberly Guilfoyle. Because a lot of people like Kimberly Guilfoyle. She seems like a nice love, love lady. I, I'm, this isn't a, a personal thing for me. But this woman was married to Gavin Newsom. Oh, by the way, that's not all. This woman has been married twice already. Okay? Um, she was married to Eric Valenci from 2006 to 2009, a whopping three years. She was married before him to Gavin Newsom from 2001 to 2006. For six years, she doesn't have a very good track record here, okay? So within the space of nine years, she was married twice. She said that, you know, the reason for her and Gavin's breakup is their careers. Um, pull this up. This, come up. this came up in the search. This is courtesy of Newsweek. And this is what she says. Unfortunately, the demands of our respective careers have made it too difficult for us to continue as a married couple. That's what both of them said. Over the past 10 years, we have developed a tremendous bond of love and respect for each other. So apparently they were married for six. They had been seeing each other for four, something like that. Probably living together because that's what she's doing with the Donald Trump Jr. now. She's fornicating with Donald Trump's 
son. You, you see what I'm saying about character matters? Now, can God, can God forgive those sins? Absolutely. If there's repentance. Jesus met a woman at a well. Told her she had several husbands, and the guy she was living with now wasn't her husband. She went back telling everybody that he knew everything about her. Well, Kimberly Guilfoyle has done this too. And I want you to see, this is a woman portraying herself as conservative. I'm sure she probably would call herself a Christian. Maybe even a constitutionalist. She's out there promoting Donald Trump and all this other stuff. She's living with his son in a $9.7 million home in Jupiter, Florida that they purchased together in March of 2021. And this is where the conservatives go to for their news. Ms. Guilfoyle. I was thinking about that the other day because I'm thinking about some of the people that are being put out front and center as conservative talking heads, conservative news people. Dave Rubin. I think I've listened to one of his things or whatever. Guy's a sodomite. He's a sodomite. He's quote-unquote married to another man. He's held up as some kind of conservative, you know, beacon of light that people go and listen to. By the way, he's promoted by none other than Antichrist Ben Shapiro. Now look, if somebody's a sodomite and they actually give some decent reporting on something, fine. Use the reporting, all that. I, I get it. But holding somebody up, living in that kind of life, behaving in such a manner, they certainly shouldn't be on TV. They certainly shouldn't be held up by conservatives, Christians, or constitutionalists. And you say, well, Tim, haven't you quoted Glenn Greenwald? Yes, I have. Despise how the man lives his life. Has had some good reports. Has had some, a couple of stinkers too, but he's had some good reports. But he doesn't claim to be conservative. He doesn't claim to be a Christian that I know of. Doesn't claim, obviously, to be a constitutionalist. And this is an issue here. This is an issue of where they're leading the people. And the people go right along with it. They make excuses for their particular person that they follow and what they're doing. I won't make an excuse. I'll, I'll acknowledge whatever goes on. But here we see Kimberly. She's been with Gavin Newsom. She's been with this guy, Eric Valenci. Both of them married within, you know, in, in 10 years they were doing this. She's been with Donald Trump Jr. I don't know how many years. They're living together. These are people we should be listening to? I think not. Now, Kimberly says, and Gavin say, well, you know, we're not together because of our career and blah, 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 all this stuff. This is many years ago. This is a younger, much younger Gavin Newsom. This is in 2007. So this would have been just after their divorce. Okay? Keep that in mind. This would be just after their divorce. 
And I want you to listen to this brief interview with Gavin, and I want you to see him walk off as he's asked some questions here. Here it goes. Um, uh, so I'm asking about the attack on the Yale students over New Year's, and, you know, it's kind of spreading across the country. A couple other, uh, some news outlets in other countries are picking it up. Uh, and it's a good reminder how important it is to remind uh, our parents to be good stewards uh, of, uh, of underage drinking. I appreciate that. The only other question I have is, it hasn't been a very uh, easy week for you, and I wonder whether you have any comment on the Matir and Roth story about the drinking. Thank you very much. That was a great yeah. cheap shot. You can't yeah. help yourself. You cannot. Just know, for the record, it's it's increasingly impossible to have a conversation. Mayor was out there. Mayor was out there. Uh, you, you know, you just so just know it's not personal when I walk by you. You just send some other reporters. It's going to be a lot easier now. Yeah. See, he doesn't want to answer a question because he's being asked about the fact that he's a drunk. And he needed rehab. Okay? He's a drunk and he needed rehab. This is the guy they're trying to put up. Remember I said yesterday, I mentioned yesterday, about the alcohol that's used among those who are representing the people. The people ought to demand that no alcohol be in the House of Representatives, in their, in their offices, in the White House, or in any of our embassies. And I'm not saying people can't drink. What I'm saying is, is if you're in that position, you need to be sober-minded all the time. Don't even give a chance for it. And the American people shouldn't be spending millions of dollars to provide uh, alcohol to ambassadors, dignitaries, and everybody else. We, we just shouldn't be doing it, okay? We shouldn't be doing it. The backdrop to the video that you just saw here is the members of a Yale singing group were beaten up by other college kids while visiting San Francisco. Then Mayor Newsom is asked about it and says that underage drinking is to blame. When the porter or when the reporter asked Newsom about reports that his 20-year-old girlfriend hmm, had been drinking with him, Newsom storms off. And then, guess what happened? Just a few weeks later, Newsom checked himself into a rehab center for alcohol. However, in 2018, he began to rewrite history by claiming that he never went to a rehab for alcohol, but instead attended sessions for life recentering. Isn't that nice? I've never heard that one before. Life recentering. That's what he claims that he was doing instead of dealing with his drunkenness. So what's Gavin doing? Um, I don't know. As governor out there, I mean, we've, we've seen all the pictures, haven't we? Haven't we seen these people like on Black Friday out there in California? Busting into the stores, stealing the property. This is why they had they want to disarm you out there. They want to disarm the rest of us too. Because I can guarantee you some of these scenes that I've seen, if there were men there who were armed, they would have just dealt with the problem right there. And take the trash out. If you don't like that kind of comment, that's what we're dealing with. 
we're, we're dealing with people who are so depraved that they'll do it in the broad of daylight. They don't, I mean, they'll do it with people in the, in the shop. Go in there and just start stealing stuff. And what does Gavin Newsom do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Because he's a lawless man. He's a wicked man. And this is what goes on. So I'm going to give you just a short little piece here. This is Newsom. Um, this is what's taking place under his leadership out there in California. You can see, I'm just going to kind of narrate some of this. You can see these people stealing stuff while people are in the store and just running out the door. Then you got the, I don't know if these are crackheads. I don't know what they're doing out there. But let's turn that down. Okay, we're going to turn that off. I'm not going to listen to the music here. But you see what's going on in the state of California. So it's really interesting. All of the stuff that you'll see when you go out to California, and mainly you're finding it in the southern part there, uh, you know, where the metropolis areas are. Los Angeles, San Francisco, some of these places. I mean, you're finding people, I mean, they're trying to find a solution for these guys who they're out there doing drugs. And I'm talking about they're injecting themselves with stuff. They're taking things that have been um, uh, produced. And I, I do make distinction between drugs and medicine, real medicine. Real medicine, you grow. Okay, Garden of Eden kind of stuff. Drugs are manufactured. They're processed. But all of what you're seeing, you guys who are watching on the video platforms, all of what you're seeing, the thefts, the lawlessness, the unruliness that's going on, that's happening in the state that Gavin Newsom is supposed to be, quote-unquote, governing. And they want to put him in the White House. They want to put this guy in the White House. But this is California under Gavin Newsom. The guy who wouldn't answer a question to a reporter should have been a simple question to answer. I mean, if you're open and honest with the people that you allegedly are supposed to serve, instead he walks away, takes a little shot at the reporter. I'm above the law. I don't have to answer you people. Blah, 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 blah. And this is what we got going on. Now we're seeing this issue with the sheriffs. We also saw that he was recalled. And I'll guarantee you there was probably some, some voter fraud that went on in the re-election part there too. But this is what they're doing. This is what this guy's doing. Now he's a puppet. He's not doing all this on his own. He's just the front man. Like all these guys are. He's just a front man. But this is what's going on in one state under this guy's quote-unquote governing. His quote-unquote service to the people, which is really a service to himself. It's a service to himself. And you can always see that because wicked men in positions of power, authority and power, they never bring justice. Never. Why? Because they're wicked. 
because they're wicked. You can see now people, I mean, there's three guys in broad daylight breaking into people's cars, stealing whatever they can steal. We saw the stories where people would leave their windows down or their hatches up. Why? They didn't want their cars torn up. Just steal my stuff, but don't tear up you know, my car. When I watched some of this stuff, I wondered, why don't I see this in my neck of the woods? And my guess is, look, it's not that crime doesn't happen in South Carolina. It does. Okay? It'd be foolish to say it doesn't. But why, why, am I not, why am I not seeing it at this kind of this level here? I think the main reason that I don't see it is because we're armed. That's number one. Number two, we still have the vestiges of what has been taught in our state for hundreds of years. Before it was a state. Just so somebody doesn't take my words out of my mouth of what I said like they did last time. The states, as far as the people, have existed long before they were a state. When they were colonies. That's what I'm talking about. And they recognized the word of God. And they recognized the law of God. And they sought to obey it. And they sought to uphold it. Well... Gavin Newsom isn't doing that. In fact, he's just as bad as uh, some of the other guys on some of the other border states, letting illegals in, giving them driver's license, all these kind of stuff. He's not even concerned about it. He's kind of happy about that. Now we see, you know, Greg Abbott, after how many months this has been going, how many years this has been going, he decides to take matters into his own hands regarding the crossing of the border. This is Arizona. According to the Arizona Border Patrol, they saw 1,500 and, or excuse me, 15,300 illegal crossings just last week. Just last week. Here's some of them. Here's some of the people coming in. And all they can do is film it. They're not stopping anybody. They're not saying, turning them around and saying, no, 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 you got to go back where you came from. Whoever gave you money to get here, you need to get in touch with them so they can get you money to get you back home. But they don't do that. They welcome them in. They welcome them in. And I'm telling you, if you don't believe the Bible is true, this is evidence of it. This right here is evidence of it. When you go over into Deuteronomy 28, I mean, Bradley and I reference this constantly. Why? Because this is the way God deals with nations. He's always dealt with them this way. You can see it in all of history, how he does. is isn't just his covenant people Israel. He did it with them. But listen something. All of the West have been founded, the Western countries have been founded Upon the law of God. They've abandoned it. They've become apostate. They've wickedly departed from their God. And this is why we're seeing the things that we're seeing. And the Bible says that though the foreigner will come in among you and they're going to get higher than you. They're going to be the head and you're going to be the tail. 
See, that's part of God's curses. God's blessing is you would be the head, you would be the lender, you would be the blessed ones. And now that's all flipped around. Why? Because we departed from God. We've departed from God. You know, part of his blessing is found in verse 13. <clears throat> and the Lord shall make thee the head, not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Hmm. Tremendous blessings. In fact, he says the blessings will overtake them if they'll just obey him. Just obey the Lord. And then as we come down, what we find out in verse 43, if you won't obey the Lord, the stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. And he shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, just like the blessings, till thou be destroyed. Now, he's talking about Israel, okay? And that happened in 70 AD. He brought the fulfillment of the covenant that he made with him. This is part of the covenant, too, for all you people who continue to look to modern state of Israel as though they're God's people. They're not. He fulfilled this already. He gave them the land that he swore to his fathers. Joshua uh, tells us that. And then he gave them a writ of divorce. Jeremiah and Ezekiel confirmed these things. And then Jesus pronounced the woes upon Jerusalem when he was on the earth. And he said it was coming in that generation. That's what Matthew 24 is about. Luke 21, Mark 13. It's not about our future. It's about what happened there. And did it happen the way Jesus said and the way God said in the covenant? Yes, it did. And nobody can dispute that. Nobody. So this is what's happened. And he promises that he'll send a nation against them who speak a tongue they don't understand and they're going to take them into captivity. Guys, I mean, I don't know how to say it anymore. We're at that stage. We're already seeing these people coming in by their 15,300 last week, just in Arizona. That doesn't count Texas, doesn't count New Mexico, doesn't count California or any other state where they've come in through the waterways or whatever. That's God's word coming to pass on a disobedient people. Because God doesn't change. Sadly, neither has man. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Man just finds new ways to commit the same old sins. So what does this lead to? Well, it leads to things like this. And Bradley uh, spoke about this the other day. You've got uh, Doughboy up there in the governor's office of Illinois, Mr. Pritzker. Signed House Bill 3751. This is what it says. This is a report from Pantograph.com. House Bill 3751, one in a tranche of 133 bills signed into law by Governor J.B. Pritzker, or I should say signed into pretended law, last Friday. The legislation sponsored by State Representative Barbara Hernandez 
Democrat of Aurora, would allow for non-citizens who are federally authorized to work in the United States to become police officers. Non-citizens. These people aren't even supposed to be voting. What in the world are they doing putting them in a police uniform? Here's a better question. Why do we have police anyway? Oh, they're there to uphold the law. Are they upholding the law? Let me ask you that. Are they doing that? Nope. No, they're not. They may think they are. Usually they're holding up codes. That's not law. The men, the able-bodied men, the Constitution militia, keep saying it over and over and over and over and over. You guys, when I get up to militia, and when I get up to Michigan, <laughs> and, Mi and Michigan has been known for their militia, I want to know where the did, did they take the courage out of you guys and the militia up there in Michigan when uh, Whitmer did what she did? Man, a hundred of you guys should have come together and just did it anyway. That's just my thought. You'd already started it. You might as well go ahead and finish it. You guys have a little more organization than a lot of states. But I'm going to be, sp I'm going to be speaking on that issue of the militia. I'm going to be speaking on the issue of men, Lord willing. Because it's on us, guys. And I'm not pointing my finger at, at you guys out there in the audience. I'm, I'm gathering you with me. I'm in it with you. People haven't taught us how to do it. We know it needs to be done. Many of us don't have a clue as to really how to make it happen. But we're pressing forward in the dark with the little light that we have. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. When you're walking and you got a light, how far does that light shine? It doesn't shine everywhere. It's not like daylight. It's only pointing in a certain direction and it's only covering a certain amount of space. So God gives us enough light that we follow Him and we stay on His heels learning from Him. Panagraph goes on to say, it would also open the door for recipients of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program or DACA to apply to be police officers. Now, I'm going to tell you, with this one, I struggle a little more because a lot of these were kids who were brought over by their parents. They had no choice in the matter. They've been here. This is where they live. This has been their home. But I think when they reach an age where they're considered an adult, they ought to be letting somebody know and saying, how can I make this right? How can I do what's right? You know, in this situation, many of them aren't doing that. They're just saying, you got to accept us the way we are. Well, that's the wrong kind of thinking there. But those guys are being set up now for police officers. Yes, to pull you over going 64 in a 60. to write you tickets, to throw you in jail. People who are not even citizens of the state that you live in or the United States of America. And yeah, this is all a result of what Obama did there. But I don't see Trump rolling it back. Did he roll back DACA? Nope. There are about 580,000 active DACA recipients in the U.S., including more than 30,000 in Illinois, according to government data. In recent days, far-right elected... I don't even know what this far-right stuff is. Elected officials and commentators have trashed the bill on social media and on conservative websites. How about just people who believe the law should be upheld? 
and media outlets accusing Illinois lawmakers of allowing people in the country illegally to become officers. However, much of this outrage is based on inaccurate and warped information. This is where it's important to read the fine print. Yes, the law states that non-citizens legally authorized to work in the U.S. and DACA recipients can apply to be police officers. However, they must meet all the same requirements besides citizenship. Isn't that an important one to be a, a, a person who upholds the law? If you're in violation of the law, how can you uphold the law? You can't. You're a lawbreaker. But they want to put the uniform on them. They want to put a badge on them. They want to give them a gun. And they want them to terrorize you. I use the word terrorize. That's intimidation by government. Police officers are agents of the state. And so they're being put in place to terrorize you. By the way, that's what God said he would do. That's exactly what God said he would do. When you go over to um, Leviticus 26, what do you see there? Verse 15. And if ye shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant. By the way, we're in a covenant too, guys. It's a new covenant. It's a new covenant. And the punishments in the new covenant are worse. I know people don't like talking about this, but they're worse than in the old covenant. Read the book of Hebrews. They're worse in the new covenant. God says, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I'll set my face above you, against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. Now listen to what he says, though. And if you will not hear, if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And he says it again. He says, if you won't listen, he, he goes down to verse 21. Let me bring this up. He says that in verse 18. In verse 21, he says, and if you walk contrary unto me and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. Now, friends, I, this isn't hard to understand. I think the Bible interprets the Bible. Okay? I, I really do. And this is why when I go here, I know he's talking about his covenant people, Israel. We can drive application, and that's all I'm doing. I'm not saying this is that. I'm saying this is the application of what God did to Israel applied to the United States because we're doing the same things they did. And so God's going to respond in the same way. But he says several times, if you don't want to listen to me, I'm going to bring the judgment seven times more. And, th and this is part of why my thinking goes to the book of Revelation as to that destruction of the end of the old covenant and the establishment of the new. The time text, Revelation 1, 1, 1, 3, 22, 6, all say it's about to happen. Not thousands of years in the future. It's about to happen. And the judgments that come, come how? Seven seals. I'll bring it seven times more. 
Seven bowls, I'll bring it seven times more. Seven trumpets, I'll bring it seven times more for your sin. That's what God said. That's what he says. What would the people of the day who read John, what would they think that he was talking about? I think they would pick up on the fact that he was, he was going back to the covenant in vision form, obviously, and he was laying it out for them. He was showing them exactly what was going to happen. Meanwhile, let's go back to this. Let's finish up this little part here um, on these guys becoming police officers. It says... The law states that non-citizens legally authorized to work in the U.S. and DACA recipients can apply to be police officers. However, they must meet all the same requirements besides citizenship as any other applicant. And more importantly, they must be, quote, authorized under federal law to obtain, carry, or purchase, or otherwise possess a firearm. Okay, stop a second. When we talk about rights, that applies to all men doesn't just apply to Americans. So I don't have a problem with people having ar for arms. I don't care where they live. I don't have a problem with that. But if they use those arms unlawfully, then they need to be dealt with. Make sense? Okay. By the way, I was looking up a thing because we had an article many years ago and I didn't get a chance to do it because the show started and that's why you saw the time kind of run into things. But there was an article we had years ago, and I, it's been so long, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it. So if I find it, I'm going to throw it in the archive. But I was just kind of scrolling through here just to see. But one of the interesting things is, do you know that a person who comes into the United States illegally, they will ultimately end up committing almost, if not more than, two dozen crimes to remain here. Do you know that? Doesn't matter how nice they are or whatever, they'll, they'll end up committing these crimes in order to remain here. Falsifying documents, IDs, you know, a number of things that go on. And I'm trying to, I wish I could find that, that article because it, it very much goes along with what we're seeing in all of this. But I think I'm going to have a problem finding that. In any case... If I do find it, I will throw it in the archive so you guys can check it out. I think it's worthy of your time to, to take a look at. While these guys are being moved up the ladder, they're getting into representative positions. I mean, we got foreigners who are representing us. People like Ilhan Omar. I don't even think, I don't think her nationalization or any of that stuff is legit. Her citizenship, I just... You can look at the, the inf information and you can see it, that she's not legit. You kind of wonder that about Rashida Tlaib. Then we have people like Mr. Green up there in D.C. Or I forget the other guy's name. I was trying to think. Of, he was talking about having the madrasas here in the U.S. Ball-headed guy who's a representative. He wanted to do it too. While that's taking place, the boys in blue are doing their job ticketing Americans for shoveling snow 
off their property. Yep, it's true. Here we go. Let's just, uh, let's back this up just a hair. We'll cut on some sound. I want you guys to hear it. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Highway, right? Reach of peace and illegal deposit of snow. Yep. Okay. So you're going to be outstanding on a, on a PPA. You got to go in and, uh, April. I'm, I'm not fucking going anywhere for this. I'm sending this right to the news. Okay. So April. All right. Fozzie, come down. Hey, yeah. Hold on. Let me get the door to Fozzie, get in. Mark, get in, please. The guy's been Fuzzy. clearing snow off get his it. walkway. <laughs> hey, be careful. You're going to get breach of peace. Do these guys not have real criminals to deal? How many cops do they have out here? Three or four cops. I'm not fucking going anywhere. To, to write a ticket to a guy for shoveling snow off his walkway. This is absurd. It's, oh, he's going to put him in handcuffs. All right, I apologize for his language, but you don't. They want to get his money. I'm not going to court for that shit. This is fucking ridiculous. Go ahead. This Anybody is. Anybody tell me, tell me that you're. Go ahead. Tell tell the news that I am getting arrested for plowing my neighbor's driveways. Go ahead. I dare one of you guys say it. Okay. Thank you. Do you want to sign? Arrest me. Do you want to sign the summons or not? <laughs> I'm not going to court. I'm not taking this ticket. I'm not signing shit. You're gonna make it harder for yourself. This is I don't get, dude, dude. I'm not going to fucking court right. for plowing my neighbor's driveways. I'm sorry. No, I'm not signing shit. <laughs> this guy, th these cops don't get it. There's three of them out here for the radio audience. It's a walkway no, no, no. that's roughly Please, what? Just go ahead 15, 20 feet at max. Oh, all right. It's his neighbor. He's doing a good deed. Okay. And go they're out here. Arrest me. Do you want to sign the summons? Yes, sir. No. And then the guy's going to arrest him. Oh. He's going to arrest him because he won't sign his tyrannical, made up policy about clearing off his sidewalk. You're the ones under attack, guys. You're the ones under attack. And I don't know what it's going to take for us to start fighting back. I said it yesterday when I played the thing with Tom Robinson. We're the people. You outnumber all those Masonic Metropolitan police. Why are you not giving them the beatdown and say, you serve us. You're not going to do this to us. You're not going to do it to us. But the people won't do it. You're going to learn it one way or the other, and you're going to end up doing it anyway, eventually. Wouldn't it be better to put these people in their place now? Think so. Bradley, be with you at three. That's what repentance is, right? Towards God. See you in the morning at six. Lord of willing.